tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac extravaganza pulling out of the station looking for a cruise ship somewhere in the Caribbean <laughs> or maybe Alaska. Not sure what we do. Oh, we want to see starfish wow. or whales. Wow. Um, I would love to do an Alaskan cruise. Yeah, they're, uh, I, I, I think they'd look pretty cool. Um, yeah. But I look at those things now, Mark, and I think, okay, do I really want to have to go out and stand on deck, freeze <laughs> like nobody's business, right? and hear people say the stupidest things? Oh, it's so beautiful. Uh, That's a majestic thing. <laughs> Look at that. You know, I'll just sit here and watch it on YouTube. I'm good. You know, I got a big fine. screen TV. I don't right. need to watch. I don't need to go outside. Mm-hmm. I think outside's overrated, especially yeah. when it's freezing cold on a boat and I'm barfing. So, <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> hey, do they like to eat here? I'm, no, Dave, I'm not throwing up. It's chum. That's what it is. We're fishing. Wow. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll just go ahead and speak for myself and for every other cruise passenger. We're glad you're not going. We yep, really, no worries. We really are glad you're not going. <laughs> yeah, you'd be really glad. That you, you know what? You'll be really glad at 3 o'clock in the morning on the first night there when I'm walking the hallways and freaking out because yeah. I feel like I'm in a straitjacket and there's clowns that are serving me food. There's clowns in the steering mm-hmm. thing. You know, yeah. there's... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bless your heart. Jack, buddy. Rose, Jack, Rose, where are you? Oh. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mag show. And to be honest with you, Mark just told me a story. And uh, now you never want to go out on the water again, do you? <laughs> well, see, I'm okay with water sports and things, but you, well, you were just telling me about deep sea fishing. And it's, uh, again, you know what, Mark? I don't think it's a control thing. It's a thing about uh, the cut. There's been a couple times in my life where I made a decision to go along with somebody. Okay. Right. And during the course of what took place when I wasn't in charge of what was going on, bad things happened to me Mm. and I couldn't do anything about it. I wasn't in control. I couldn't steer the boat back to shore and say, I really am sorry, but I I got seasick and I didn't know I got seasick kind of like heights. You know, it's like, again, I I agreed to do a job. I climbed a tower. I didn't know I was afraid of heights Mm -hmm. until about maybe, and I'm talking maybe eight feet. Okay. Maybe 10 feet up the pole and I got to go a hundred and I'm getting, you know, Uh scared. Yeah. So, You know, those little times where you weren't in control of the entire situation and you had to suck it up and get through it or what else. And anyway, that's why I have trouble with those things. But deep sea fishing, I want to do it. I'd like to do it. I have done it. (laughs) The thing is, when I did it, you know, when when you get you hook something big and they have to bring water to put it on the spool and all that. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to. I was barfing on it. Yeah, yeah, I got it. (laughs) Dave, you're not reeling hard enough. I'm weak. I need more food. I don't have anything left to go. It took me years before I could drink Mountain Dew because that's all I had on the boat. Oh, that's terrible. Yes. Oh, man. And what was really bad, man, here's what's really bad. Being the coffee drinker that I am now, my grandpa, I got that from my grandpa. He always had a thermos wherever we went. Mm -hmm. And because I got so weak, okay, you you would, here's the thing. I got so weak, Mark. I couldn't even make it all the way to the side of this boat. And we weren't on a big one. We're, you know, I couldn't even make it all the way to the side of the boat. Right, and yeah. it just, and so 
they actually used my grandpa's thermos cup. You know how they, mm-hmm. they always have yeah. a cup on the thermos yeah. to screws in? Yeah. They had to use that to wash off part of the boat. Oh. And my grandpa, <laughs> you know, <laughs> him and his can of cigarettes. It's oh, like, no. It was a bad day, man. Oh, and the thing is, terrible. but here's the deal. They all love fishing so much. Yeah. They wouldn't turn around and take. It's like, you got a really sick kid and y'all won't bother to go back. Uh-huh. Come oh, on. God. Gosh. I, do you think he, I'm sorry. I no, I don't. You know what? Let's stay out here. I'm feeling better now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I right, don't want to ruin yeah. the day for all of you, but you know what? I didn't want to ruin the day for myself. Right. Yeah. No empathy. No sympathy. Mm-hmm. Dave, would you, Dave, can you please quit retching so loud? You're scaring the fish. Mm-hmm. Really? It wasn't the tugboat scaring the fish. It was Dave. Okay. Fine. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and uh glad you joined us if you're listening on the podcast good for you if you're not well then you're listening in real time so that's even better no it's not it's the same <laughs> one way you have to you know you listen to us and you hear music the other way you just hear us so right, whatever yeah. you choose <laughs> either way we like it today is national um let's tell stories about growing up when we got really sick and felt horrible for ourselves day <laughs> And uh, <laughs> actually, when we get to the end of this list of what today is, you might I think yeah. la- that last entry might sum it all up. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. It's National Medical Assistance Day. You know, that person who comes in and, and takes your temperature and your blood pressure when you go to the doctor and things like that. But they're not really the doctor. It's their yeah. day. Yeah. It's also Hagfish Day. Oh. And you're thinking, Hagfish, what the what, what's a Hagfish? Trust me. Look it up. They're slimy. They're like eels. They're nasty. But they have a day. It's a, wow. it's ride to work day. Why they didn't call this ride your bike to work day, I don't know. But mm-hmm. it's ride to work day, and it's all about riding your bicycle to work. Oh, okay. Yeah. So well, if, see, if you don't tell me that and it's just ride to work day, I'm thinking, well, didn't know what I you do every day? do every day, don't I? Yeah. Right. Okay. But ride if, your bicycle to work day. If you or I did that, it would be getting to work tomorrow because yeah, we pretty both much. live so wow. far away from Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There is a point to this. Mm-hmm, yes. It's also National New Friends Day, which you might want to look into if your friends keep encouraging yep. you to ride to work and eat hagfish. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, last but certainly not least, it is Evaluate Your Life Day. <laughs> yeah. Boy, <laughs> if you're we riding- tend to do that every day for Mark and Mac Show therapy. You know? Yes, we do. You know, it's funny when you're talking about ride to work that you know your bicycle and mm-hmm. I've only lived close to a studio, you know, a radio studio one time. And, um, uh, because doing mornings, I'm not a morning person, so I've always had to leave space. Plus, right. yeah, I'm also I also tend to be a workaholic, and so if I lived, you? especially when the kids were young, <laughs> yeah, really, if uh, if I lived too close to work, I would find myself staying there. Mm. But living far enough away, it was the only way I could make sure that I would leave work. Right, and I know that sounds like you're. Dave, are you really that immature that you cannot? Yeah, I am. I am that bad that I had to create buffers in my life for myself so I wouldn't forget I had kids and a wife at home. Hey, don't judge. You do you, okay? You know. Yeah, pretty much. You know what works, so I do it. But the one time I did live close to work, okay, and I thought, I, you know, I can't really run because of my knees and my back and and desire. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But... But riding a bike is something I've always been able to do. Yeah. It's I've got powerful legs, so riding a bike has always been something that I was I put it this way. I'll give you one example. I had a guy back in the day, um, and I'm talking my early twenties, okay, 
and he was a professional bike rider. Hmm. You know, distance guys, they distance speed yeah, things. Yeah, and yeah. he was one of the top 10 in America and he trained all the time. And I thought I, I wanted to test to see, cause I, I was in shape and athletic. I thought, I wonder, I wonder what it's really like to train with somebody like that. Cause I ride a bike. I can ride a long time. I can ride fast. And so I trained with him one day. And he said, do your real training, okay? Set your, whatever you do. And he told me, he said, well, here's how far we're going to go. Here's the time we have to make. And here's the, to the points along the way. And here are my times that I have to be better than. And I said, do that. Tell me where we're going to end up. And I'll be there. You know, just wait for me. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't want to change his, I didn't want him right. to yeah, slow yeah. his training down. Yeah. On the other side, I wanted to see if I could keep up. You know, right. I wanted yeah. to push myself. Yeah. I thought, how much better can he really be? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know how competitive I am, right? <laughs> you? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> After we did our first check-in and I was not far behind him, um, I looked at the time and realized, okay, he's kind of backing off a little bit. He's letting me keep up. So I told him, stop doing it. I'm going to beat you. And if I beat you at your training, I'm going to tell everybody you're a top 10 bike guy. I smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. I'm in a club all night and I'm going to beat you. You know, this is back then. And right. Yeah. yeah. He said, okay. <laughs> There was a point during that second segment where I thought if a car comes along and I hold on, I could grab a stick and cram it right in his spokes and nail him, man. Yeah. <laughs> Go watch the movie Breaking Away. He That's was that guy. Yeah, yeah, he was that guy. He was that. Wow. He, he's, yeah, so enough enough about riding but so when i was living closer to work and i thought i ought to ride a bike to work you know mm -hmm. it i know i can do it it's healthy it's good for your body it doesn't it's not as bad as running on your side and all that and as i was thinking this and i'm not kidding i started looking at bikes online you know i'm like i could do this this would be really a good idea for me yeah and um i'm not kidding mark within 15 minutes of looking at bikes I started looking at the motors you put on them, you know, <laughs> and well, you know, like a hundred bucks. Really? I can order this. How fast does it go? Wow. So how long would it take me to get to work? Not bad. Okay. I'm not kidding. Within 15 minutes, I went from, I'm, I'm going to do this and be in shape to, I'm going to put a motor on this thing so I don't have to pedal. <laughs> well, I found an awesome deal on a bike a few years back and you know what I did with it. I gave Excellent. it to Hannah. Yeah, she's loving it too. <laughs> Her and Bray every day, man. They're out riding. It's like, and, and the bike rack you gave them, that's it, man. They're yeah. gone. Yeah. <laughs> LiveRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, uh, Mark, you and I have had a couple stories this week um, about the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Right. And, um, when we have talked about it, this in particular, okay, if you get into, uh, when you live in coastal areas, there are always barrier islands. Not, okay, most states have barrier islands. You know, it's not like you just go there in the ocean. Right. Comes up to the shore without kind of a break along the way that you can find. Yeah. And the Outer Banks is like that. It's a stretch uh, that has everything, you know, from Kill Devil Hill, Kitty Hawk, and mm -hmm. Nags Head. Historic stuff along the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Yeah. I'm not trying to be a tour guide for it. I'm just saying that going there was a uh, and and being from that area on my mother's side is a very wonderful thing for me uh, my mom was born at cape hatteras and uh one of the last uh, it, at the right as world war ii was heating up in europe you know hmm. they started slowing things down in the late 30s out on the outer banks of, at cape hatteras and at okra island 
Ocracoke Island is actually 20-something miles off the coast of North Carolina. It's three miles at its widest, uh, if you can imagine. A, uh, okay, like an ice cream cone, okay? Actually, no, that's the wrong thing. A, a lollipop. You have the stick of the lollipop, and you got the ball at the top. Okay. The ball at the top is the community where people live. But then the stick represents the beach that is a small beach, okay, with ocean on one side and brackish sound on the other. Yeah. And it's about seven miles long. There are no hotels on the beach. Have you ever been to a beach that did not have hotels on it? That's what this is because <laughs> they don't allow them. Not since I was about eight. No. <laughs> right. The um, tallest building uh, on the island is two stories. You have to get a permit to go taller than two stories. Right, yeah. And it's just wonderful. And that is where, uh, I mean, you talk about a place, that's where I'm from, actually. My family is from Ocracoke. My mother is. And uh, so I love the place. It's a... I've spent a lot of time out on Ocracoke Island. Imagine being in Southern California as a kid and then going to Ocracoke, okay, yeah. in the 60s and 70s, and then going back to California. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like I would get back to California and think, I need to find Uncle Jed. i got to feel closer <laughs> to home, you know? <laughs> By the way, one last little tidbit of Ocracoke. Um, during World War II, uh, four British uh, Navy guys dead wound up on shore and whenever they talk about nazi submarines and things off the coast of the united states it was out in ocracoke island and cape hatteras that's where they found them hmm. and uh, there were four british seamen who actually died and they they found their uh, corpses on the beach and uh, being that it was world war ii they wanted to give these men a uh, hero's burial they died you know in service and uh, so they were buried in the ocracoke cemetery and the land was given to Great Britain. Hmm. So there's this one spot in the United States of America that actually belongs to Great Britain, is actually property of Great Britain. And Great Britain actually works a deal out with the caretaker of the cemetery to take care of their property on the island. So you can actually go to Great Britain without a passport. Wow. In the United States, yeah. And naturally, every time I go there, that's what I do. So wow. I can say I've been to England. How about that? Um, yeah, and it's the only place like that in the world. So there you have it. Wow. Um, Mm-hmm. And tune in next so, week for another history lesson with Dave. Look, man, I'm just <laughs> telling you, if you go to North Carolina and you don't go to the Outer Banks, you're missing it. That's all. But don't stay there because you'll ruin it. And by the way, it, you just, you know, you really can't. Be <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like where we live now. It's a great place, but don't move here. We don't want you ruining yeah. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we're horrible. We're, you know, <laughs> we're right. all in bread rednecks. That's but anyway, right. so now yeah. you got these terrified fish. Is that what we're saying? Terrified fish by the thousands yep. are throwing, them, throwing themselves on the shores of the Outer Banks on Okrika. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and tourists there have witnessed this bizarre act of nature. It happened last Friday as fish began flinging themselves onto the beach at Ocracoke Island. Multiple videos shared on social media show the ocean appeared to boil with fish as they tumbled over each other in the surf. The so-called bluefish blitz concluded with thousands of dying fish piled on the sand, flopping up and down as tourists watched from a distance. Why didn't they help? Bluefish have been blitzing the Ocracoke Beach off and uh, off and on the past couple of weeks, according to the Trade Winds Tackle Fishing uh, Store on the Outer Banks. Um, amazingly beautiful and tragic at the same time, smaller fish are literally throwing themselves onshore to escape the teeth in the water. Bluefish, by the way, have lots of teeth. They'll kill anything they catch. Mm -hmm. So their bluefish are feeding right now, and all the other right. fish are going, ah! <laughs> You know, um, trade winds, Mark, here's a funny story. Oh, I actually, really? because of how I, very quick, 
because of how I am about occupying my time properly and mm-hmm. using it. Yeah. Um, when I was on vacation, when we got together, imagine being 13 and really living in a time when your mom and dad, you know, didn't see you all day because you were staying with family. You know, we, when we got there, there, there were no hotels or anything. So right. we were farmed out to family. So I stayed at my aunt, Iva, uncle Monfords, which by the way, when they passed away, their house sold. And when I went out to visit after they had passed a couple of years after that, dude, I go to that house to show my you know wife and kids. This is where I spent my summers as a kid. And it's Dave's coffee shop. <laughs> I was like, it has nothing to do with me, right? But here's where I used to sit. Here's my bedroom. And we walked around on the outside. I'm telling you, this is the bedroom I use anyway. Wow. Um, but I worked at trade winds actually bagged ice. How about make that? money during my vacation every summer? Uh, you know what they say? It's a small world, but I wouldn't want to paint it. Life radio.fm the Mark and Mac show. And you know, Mark, having uh, the ability to do a lot of different things during the day, you get to talk to some really interesting people and hear yeah. stories. I, I think it's awesome. I really do. Um, but the one guy that I think would be fun to talk to, and we haven't yet, is the Guinness Bre- World Record guy that we made. That we actually have a jingle for this oh, one guy because yeah. of what he does. Oh, David Rush. Yeah, he's the Guinness, yeah. he's the Guinness Records man. That's the guy. Guinness Records Man, Guinness Records Man. Hey, those stunts for education have brought you worldwide fame. I don't know, dog. It's kind of iffy for me. I can't vote for it. Um, an Idaho man, <laughs> an Idaho man held 150 lit candles in his mouth for 30 seconds to break a Guinness World Record. David Rush, who's broken nearly 250 Guinness World Records to promote STEM education, said he previously attempted the same record back in December, but failed when some of the candles fell out of his mouth he said the weight of all the candles was intense and i had over 10 minutes of salivating making the candles slippery in my mouth (laughs) he said of the this recent attempt only five seconds in i could feel them slipping out so i had to clamp down even harder and bite in with my teeth to keep them from falling out rush said he wore eye protection during the attempt but he still had to struggle with smoke inhalation and the candles becoming slippery from his saliva Rush successfully broke the record of 105 candles, which was set by North Carolina man Garrett James in 2021. <laughs> well, I got to say, I, I'm glad he did it. I mean, he, he went for 150 instead of oh, one. I'll yeah. do 110. Right. You know, then it becomes the ping pong match between a couple yeah. of people going back and forth. He said, oh, OK, fine. I'll do 150. <laughs> I just keep thinking right, you're sitting around the house going. I got a couple of candles. Hey, let me see how many of these candles we got. You know, you got Uncle Herman had his birthday. There's 104 mm, candles. Right. I bet I need all. I, give me, yeah. Light them and put them here. I don't can, even know. How can you imagine that. the thing? He's thinking, this guy, he's he's doing all these these things, breaking records right. to, to attract attention to STEM education. And mm-hmm. he's thinking, what can I do next? What can I do next? And he's looking through the book and says, oh, candles in the mouth. We got some candles around here, right? <laughs> okay. Wait, I got to light them? I mean, stop and think about that. He wow. not only has he got 150 lit candles in his mouth, he has to light them and hold them for 30 seconds. Hmm. Yikes! 
liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mag Show and a glorious day, you know. Um, a couple finds rare coins. Now, Mark, um, why is it not you or me or anybody we know that finds <laughs> rare coins hidden under the... Because you, me, and Mike Eccles, we've all had to do stuff around I the know. house yeah. that if we yeah. weren't really cheap, we would pay somebody else to do right. it or hire, you know, get a relative to come mm -hmm. over and do it. Yep. But we do it ourselves most of the time. And I don't recall <laughs> ever finding anything worth anything more than the penny that it looks like, you know? <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. But a couple in England had the surprise of a lifetime when they discovered a stash of rare coins underneath the kitchen floorboards during a renovation project. Gregory Edmund, he's an auctioneer and British coin specialist, confirmed that the coins were discovered by this North Yorkshire couple, couple who initially thought they'd stumbled on a piece of electrical cable while they were working on their 18th century home back in 2019. Wow. Um, wow. Uh, Edmund said why they decided to touch it, who knows? But when they did, they realized it was a gold disc, and there were hundreds more underneath it. The Come Hall on. of Rare Coins were recently sold at auction for $852,380. Fine. <laughs> Just fine. <laughs> you know what they really should have done? What's Shouldn't that? have cleaned them up or anything? You should have taken them out to that Oak Island and stuck them in a hole. <laughs> hey, guys, come over here. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark and I were both talking about the last bit we were doing about the house, you know, that was uh, in the, they say the 18th century. I wish they would say 1700s. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. Always messes with me like yeah. that. But, and, and does for every kid going, really, why, why do we have two terms for the same thing? Yeah. The 18th century. Right. The 1700s. Yeah. Come on. They're anyway. working on a house that was built like 300 years ago. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> we were talking about this going, you know, in the U.S., we don't have really that. Right. Yeah. You know, not much anyway. I mean, we have homes. Like, you're talking about your mom lives in a house that was built in the 30s, right? Right. In 1932. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when I heard that, I thought, wow, that's an old wow. house. And then I think All I'm of, thinking is <laughs> it was built during the Depression. Really? Uh -huh. Yes. You might want to check the wiring on that place. Because do you remember... Back in when they were trying to go really cheap and started using aluminum yes, wire yes. Ele for electrical wiring. Yes. Yeah. And Geraldo did a huge story on how it was burning up people's houses and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And uh, I guess it was the Jerry Riviera show, probably in 2020 yeah. or something. Yeah, but anyway. So, yeah. But yeah, wow. Aluminum wiring. I mean, old stuff. 1932 is old. I mean, she's got yeah. plaster and, ha and lath walls. I mean, real plaster. You just don't see that anymore. It's all sheetrock, right? Oh, yeah. Sheetrock and two by fours. But. In England, in the in England, you could duck in some place out of the rain and see in a, a sign where it says, "Oh, this right. place was established in 1420." What? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, you know, because we just don't have that here. But yeah. that's you know, that's the other part about it. And I, if you go to Europe, and I think everybody should travel to see why things are different. Really, mm. when you get at like gasoline prices, okay? Yeah. First of all, they do it by the liter. They're on the metric system. And their cars, they don't drive cars the way we do. Now, we tend to drive a lot more yeah. than they do in other countries. In other countries, they live closer together. And, you know, not all of them, but a lot of them do. I mean, the you look at it and you're going, how do y'all stand this? It's like you can reach across the alleyway with a stick and steal yeah. your neighbor's sugar, you know? True, yeah. 
then. It's just different, you know, because they were there back in the day. Yeah. When when you think about it, you can walk the Via Della Rosa, you know? Mm-hmm. When you think about, wait a minute, I can walk the road Jesus walked? Yeah, it's still it's, there. Yeah. That is just mind-numbing to me. It is amazing. If you don't, if you've never traveled, you should. And, and I say this uh, now and then, and that is that even if it's just, even if it's just taking a weekend cruise to Nassau, you yeah. know, go somewhere. Just go somewhere to see what Actually, it's like in other places. And when you get home, you'll realize you do live in the best country in the world. Right. You really do. And then, and actually experience what we have here in the U.S. too. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you are a history buff. You've got to travel to Gettysburg, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. Look at Yeah. Yeah. There are go, so many yeah. things to go learn. Go to Philadelphia. You know? Go to the go to oh. Independence Hall. Go to go look wow. at the Liberty Bell. Go go to these oh. places and see them. I, um, uh, hire security and go to Washington, D.C. <laughs> it's a very dangerous. Well, then again, so is Philadelphia. It's a very dangerous yeah. place. But, I mean, go see these things. Go actually lay your eyes on these things and see our history and and like i said go other places too go go someplace Mm -hmm. go to some other country and see what it's like and when you come home you'll have a whole new appreciation of your country life radio.fm mark and mac show and mark i gotta tell you something funny i meant to tell you this last night uh, because yeah you know um yesterday um, we woke up and it was like 30 degrees, you yeah, know, it's yeah. like really cold. It's about it that snuck now. Up on. Yeah. It's about that right now. Yeah. And it just kind of snuck up on not just us, but everybody else. Well, Hannah was like, do we have, do, are there any, does Braylon have any jackets, you know? <laughs> and all right, cause <laughs> when she house. moved out, she didn't take everything, you know? <laughs> and, and she was looking for big jackets and, um, I wanted to say, but I didn't. Okay. There's no way. Anything Braylon had last year <laughs> that he could wear now, you know, the child right, is twice yeah. the size. I mean, it's just, you know, but I didn't say it out loud because yeah. I thought, well, maybe she might've bought something, you know, that was extra uh-huh. big. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, that was my first thought is really That's because funny. children, you know, just like our hair, they, it happens so gradually oh, yeah. that, yeah. you know, we don't realize it. And all of a sudden you look around and go, when did he have... When did Braylon start driving? That's uh, what I want to know. You know, yeah, just, I saw you posted a picture of him the other day and I looked at him and thought, holy smokes, is that the same kid? Yeah. Because the last time I saw him, he was throwing cereal at me. You know, <laughs> yep. yeah. little bitty guy, little bitty oh, yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, holy I, uh, moly. <laughs> saw him. I actually was watching him play football last Saturday and I'm looking out there going, cause there are some children that look like they're athletes when they're standing on the field. Mm-hmm. Even stand, they're just certain things. Sometimes just standing still, you can go, that's right. an athlete, that's an athlete, that's a mathlete. You know? <laughs> <And> <laughs> so he's just that guy. Uh-huh. Anyway, so I had <laughs> not, to go through the motions with her. Sure, I'll look for something. I'm thinking, you know, he might be able to wear one of my jackets, but mm-hmm. he ain't wearing one of his. Right. right. Anyway, <laughs> but it snuck up on us, that cold weather. And so, uh, you know, yesterday morning, I told you, I woke up and it was kind of chilly in the house. Mm-hmm. Well, LaDonna likes it chilly. Oh, yeah. You know, and now that it's just the two of us, um, there's a battle line growing because... When I have to get out the the heating pad and put it on my knees to melt the ice on my knee, you know, the water on my knee is frozen. Dude, really? 
Is this how we got to live? So you don't like sleeping in a parka? Is that your? Is that what you're uh, you saying? You know what? Now, Nook of the North ain't got nothing on me, buddy. <laughs> Mark and Mac mornings only on liferadio.fm. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and hey before we go uh too far far along too far too too far Uh, i was thinking about bigfoot but (laughs) hey before that uh the scott dawson podcast uh back up and and running and um you're i know you're producing for him Uh, i just want to get a plug in for it because uh, you've got a really cool one launching today right oh yeah uh andy andrews is on today's and uh, he's he's uh he's a very interesting guy he's got a lot of uh a lot of amassed wisdom. I mean, <laughs> and he's oh, tapped yeah. into a lot of people with a lot of wisdom. And he's got this new website called wisdomharbor.com. And it's harbor is spelled H-A-R-B-O-U-R, which, oh. yeah, I thought it was interesting too. But it's wisdomharbor.com. And it's a whole, it's just like accessing a whole bunch of wisdom and and things that aren't really taught to people anymore. It's a very It's a very interesting concept. But... Um, we had a good time yesterday recording that and it released this morning. Andy Andrews is a, he's from Birmingham, isn't he? I I believe so. But he's, uh, he's, I think he's down around, I think he's somewhere down in the floor. I think he's around Pensacola somewhere now. Yeah. Well, he's so rich. I think he owns stuff in every state, but (laughs) he he might own Pensacola. (laughs) Yeah. I met Andy back in the day when he was doing stand up comedy all through the eighties. And, uh, it's, it's just, he is, uh, he's brilliant as a speaker. Yeah. He he just is. And, uh, yeah, yeah, just, I'm, I'm on the website right now for wisdom Harbor. Yeah. And, uh, Really interesting. So it is, yeah. anyway, just I wanted to plug the uh, Scott Dawson podcast. How would I find that? Uh, go to DawsonNow.com, D-A-W-S-O-N-N-O-W.com, and you'll see the listing of all the different episodes there, and the one on the top is Andy Andrews. Okay. Scott's just one of our favorite people. Yeah, and he uh, He's just, he's an evangelist, and uh, just, like I said, he's one of the good guys. He really know? is, yeah. And just He is. Just brilliant. It's like. There are so many people in this world that are not what they appear to be. That's true. And, uh, it, and sometimes it's disappointing. Sometimes it's uh, shocking in a good yeah. way. You know, when you, whenever you meet somebody that you don't know what to think about and you get to know them and you're mm-hmm. like, wow, better than I thought. I mean, one of the, <laughs> one of the first things, well, one of our first, uh, impressions of Scott came when we were, let's okay. We, we had something to do with the very first safe at home baseball event, right? And we were also we also had this contest that we were doing where we were going to send a family to Walt Disney World, and right. as part of it, we were going to be able to do our show from Disney's studios mm-hmm. at Disney right. Hollywood Studios. And and um, the in, when he heard we were going to Disney, he put together a binder of of Disney instructions. Basically, here's how to win at Disney how to go right. and have a great time. He put together this whole thing. Uh, it was a how-to book on how to do Walt mm-hmm. Disney World, which was like, wow, who does that, right? If you've never been, right. okay, you don't know how valuable this is. Yeah. But if you've been <laughs> once, you now want it. It's, I know, you really do. <laughs> but you're right. You're, who, mm-hmm. does, who takes the time? Yeah. to do this yeah. it's somebody who cares about other people yeah and exactly. somebody who has a passion for disney and, and at the and time he he, he cares so much about other people he actually ran yeah. for governor um oh yeah a couple of years ago and um 
the thing was that he used it as an evangelistic opportunity and right. he reached out to all these people in politics who are just so lost. Yeah. And, uh, and just because of the nature of politics, they're lonely, they're alone, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so he, he used to speak at these events and, and see results, you know, right. and, and, uh, it, you know, it was just when there was yeah. going on when he was in the campaign, uh, yeah. a friend who knows that, we know him. It came to me privately and asked me about him, and uh, I said, "Well, uh, what do you think he'll, you know, what do you think he'll be like if he wins?" And I said, "I don't think he's in it to win. I think he is yeah. in it for the campaign because it's an evangelistic mm-hmm. tour." Yeah, and I meant that when I said it. You know, I meant it because I. It was never. It, yes, he would have been a great governor. I think mm-hmm. he will be in the future if he gets the chance. But the bottom line was, it really wasn't mm-hmm. about it. It's about the journey. You know, yeah. it's. Too often we lose sight of what the journey is, mm-hmm. and uh, Scott isn't that guy. He doesn't yeah. lose sight. Yep, good guy. Uh, anyway, good I guy. Just, good. I wanted podcast. to get a plug for it, yeah. not just because you're doing the podcast for him, producing and all that. It's just Scott is a good guy. Yeah. His podcast is back up, and uh, don't. This is a guy that just gets things done, yeah. and his organization. I will tell you, I you know what I learned a lot about. Um, kind of like I learned about investing in real estate from uh, uh, Bobby Humphrey. And our buddy, uh, Nate, the headless manager. Uh, And I learned a lot about life and caring about other people by Scott Dawson and how to run an organization, you know, Uh, because it's easy. Um, It's really easy if you're a uh, if you're a believer and you're a good speaker, people assume you'd be a great preacher. Hmm. And and sometimes you could be a really great preacher, but not a good pastor. You could be a good speaker, you know, who Mm -hmm. knows the word shares the gospel and boom, but probably not going to be the best administrator of a church. They're different. Right. They're, yeah. they are mutually exclusive ideas. Yeah. Yeah, they are. But Dawson is just phenomenal. I'm a big fan of Scott yeah. as a person and as a pastor. And I love, he just is so just, mm. he's a good guy. You know, he, he really is. And, and we're blessed to have had a yeah. number of really good people in yeah. our life. Yeah. God's been good to us. He really has. As far as, as our contacts go been very good to us and back to the podcast it's a good one with andy andrews check it out it's available right now at dawsonnow.com life radio.fm it's the mark and mag show and if you really do the math the chances of winning the lottery is about the same as spotting Bigfoot, mm-hmm. the real one, not the made-up one with the <laughs> zipper going to the back. So whenever you see a sighting of Bigfoot, and boy, oh boy, time to look, Mark. Yeah, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever you call this supersized ape-like critter, said to roam the woods of North America. It doesn't exist. That's what Pennsylvania game officials say. They need to go talk to all these guys who have their own shows on YouTube and the Discovery Channel. <laughs> Well, yeah, (laughs) yeah. For months, signs have been popping up along state trails and parks, urging residents to report Bigfoot sightings. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The sign says due to encounters in the area of a creature resembling Bigfoot, we're instructing all park visitors to observe elevated park etiquette, be cautious of your surroundings and to keep the location of any small children or pets within a tighter scope of awareness. Do not approach the creature. Although it's printed on the State Department of Conservation and Natural Resources letterhead, state officials say, eh, 
It's not legit. <laughs> it's not. It's not legit. The department uh-huh. spokesperson Wesley Robinson said in an email Monday morning, "These signs were not posted by DCNR. We have seen them at parks for months, and they are removed when they are reported or found by staff because they have not been authorized." <laughs> Officials have seen the signs at many parks. He said, adding, "He's unsure of how many or where the signs may have been posted." <laughs> he adds, "Bigfoot's not real." That's how you attract attention. You, all right, Bigfoot's not real. If you happen to spot a creature that has auburn hair, that is not Bigfoot, okay? Uh, now, <laughs> so, but please let us know because we're really looking for that, you know. Uh, Just know it doesn't exist, and the auburn hair doesn't exist. But if you see it, let us know yeah. because it doesn't exist, you know. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you know mark again i have to remind myself and uh i you probably think about it and everybody else probably thinks about the aftermath of hurricane ian that was just Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago yeah um but i already have it's on the back burner i mean it it i feel so i'm so ashamed that i am like that you know Mm. because there's people that are still hurting there are people that still need help there are people that really you know, their world has been upended in the last couple of weeks and I didn't even think about them yesterday. Yeah. You know, that kind of yeah. thinking. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, yeah. this is one of those things where if your church, uh, your men's group, your ladies group, whatever, if at the time of hurricane Ian, y'all said, man, we got to do something. And, um, you just didn't because, well, you know, kids have games and things are going on. Life happens, work happens. Um, and you're listening today and you're thinking we didn't do anything then look, it's only been a couple of weeks. People still need help. Now's the time to really get it into high gear, pick up the phone and call, you know, yeah. if you're in a denomination, follow that chain of command to somebody local down in Florida that, you know, was in the area that was hit and they can direct you as to who to call and just find out what's needed and where you can help. They need help. So mm. anyway, a uh, Florida firefighters, this is what got my attention. Florida right, firefighters yeah, yeah. rescue woman with foot caught in a massage chair. Yeah. I'm just thinking, what if in my head after the hurricane is over and you've got a lady who was in her recliner when it hit, she couldn't move and all the water keeps rising. Now she's <laughs> floating in the water. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Firefighters in Florida conducted an unusual rescue when they were summoned to assist a woman whose foot, who foot became stuck in a massage chair. The city of Naples fire and rescue said firefighters responded to a report of a person with their legs stuck in a massage chair and they arrived to find the woman's foot was stuck in a part of the chair intended to massage the legs. Now you've seen these things like, you know, when you're out shopping, they got the two things that your legs sit down into. The firefighters cut off the power to the chair. Then they used a grinder to cut through the steel rods holding the chair's rollers in place. The woman was examined by paramedics and released at the scene. Wow. (laughs) Bless all of their hearts. I know. It had to hurt. Dude's having to cut into a recliner that's perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with this. Yep. You know, they can send what's left of it to me. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. What did you do with the recliner? You finally got upstairs and oh, then didn't gosh. like it. Oh, it's still there. I went through this process of, of taking the old recliner out. It's, <laughs> I've got to take that one off. I got to haul it off to the dump. I mean, I finally, I, <laughs> let's just say I used it up. <laughs> it's no good anymore. And the, wow. the one that I replaced it with was another one that was still in decent shape that we had in our downstairs, mm-hmm. in our downstairs yeah. den. And so I, I lugged it up the stairs, managed to get it up the <laughs> stairs without calling nine one one. And, um, 
got it in place, got it all set up, sat down in it. Hate it. Just absolutely hate it. <laughs> I just don't like it at all. It's uncomfortable. It's not as big as the last. And I'm a big guy, right? I'm over six feet tall. I'm a big guy. And I feel like I feel like I'm sleeping in the kid's bed on a visit to relatives, you know? Feet hanging yeah. off the end. You know, it's just, it's just, I just, I have a very, very serious case of first world problem here, you know? I think you just drag it out of the uh, deck off the sliding glass door and over the deck. She, oh, darn. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, I know that there is a joke in Big Bang Theory about ATMs you know, leading the charge. <laughs> yes, there and is. I don't trust banks. Uh-huh, you know. Yeah. Um, but when you guys got uh, Cooper, your dog, mm-hmm. which, by the way, Cooper is an amazing dog. I Just long hair, just soft and sweet. Oh, and, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I met you last week. Y'all weekend. named him. I, I met you last weekend, and yeah. you hadn't seen him since he was a little bitty, little bitty yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I you named him little, Cooper, and yeah. I was wondering if you did it with a K for Rajesh or C <laughs> for, you know, Sheldon. Uh, with a C for Sheldon. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. there you go. And at the time, his it. markings, he had so much, it looked like he had eye makeup, you know, like, like he had eyeliner <laughs> yeah. going back and everything. I said, well, because wow. Jane's sister suggested, Jane's sister, Jane suggested the name Cooper. Yeah. And I'm like going through, I'm, I'm going through the Rolodex trying to come up with a name I think works, but somehow right. Cooper stuck. <laughs> right. Wow. And he just got called Cooper. And I said, well. If it's after Alice Cooper, I'm in your, pa- I'm, I'm on your team, ah, you know? Wow. <laughs> oh, cause of the eyeliner. <laughs> yeah. And gotcha. he's a believer. So no, yeah. no, oh, yeah. you know, so easy people. Uh, yeah. but, <laughs> but yeah, he's a, he's a cool little guy. I like him a lot. He <laughs> is. He's got a neat personality mm-hmm. and he's smart and, uh, and, and he's a dog. So yeah. just, you know, we're not talking about a nephew here. No, but anyway, no, no. <laughs> all of those things kind of come into play. And whenever I see a story about ATMs, I think about Sheldon on Big yeah, Bang Sheldon Theory. Cooper, and yeah, I got it you. just cracks me up, you know, because, you. Yeah. you know, the other day, LaDonna used her uh, ATM card at a convenience store, which, mm-hmm. by the way, be very careful of uh, using your card at places yeah. you're unfamiliar. Yeah. Uh, I got dinged a couple of weeks ago using an unfamiliar ATM. I needed cash on the way to a mm. ball game. Right. And my, I mean, within, I think it was three hours later, um, there was a hit on my account and it said, Hey, is this you? Because Mm -hmm. it was at a Kroger up in Knoxville, Tennessee or Memphis. Right. And I'm like, no, I've never been there, you know, to that store. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so it didn't pay it, but it was an $85 hit on my account. You know, somebody stole my card number. Yeah. Anyway, I told you earlier, I've been, I've, I've had a couple of weird messages in the last yeah. 24 hours that weren't related to ATMs or credit cards, but right. oh, and I didn't tell you, but I found out what one of them was oh. in the midst of everything. So our streaming provider was, okay. was accessing Google for our app. Oh, and, okay. And said okay. It, it sent me a, a code, a passcode to right. send to them. So eh, okay. it kind of freaked me out for a little while. Right. But then again, back to the story. I don't trust right. banks. I believe that when <laughs> the robots rise up, ATMs will lead the charge. It's not only that, it's also a stupid criminal story. Oh, yay! Go! The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department said bomb techs responded to Palmdale around 5.30 a.m. Sunday. They discovered a Bank of America machine that had been blown apart by an explosive device, device with pieces and debris scattered around the area. 
None of the cash inside the machine was accessed, according to the Sheriff's Special Enforcement Bureau. No description of a suspect was immediately available. No injuries reported. An, an investigation is ongoing. If they well. can find the pieces of the people involved. <laughs> wow. Gold doubloons and pieces of eight all belong to Applegate. So they the gold bl- is here, but wait. <laughs> they blow the, D- the ATM up. I mean, they blow pieces all over the place. And still can't get to the money. Yep. <laughs> There's your stupid criminal. There you go. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. Boy, we have not had a uh, deer story uh, mm. lately. I mean, I'm trying to think of that. We've had a lot of animal stories, but yeah. if you've ever seen a deer um, getting like coming from the woods, and hits the pavement, you know, mm-hmm. of, a, of a road. Oh, yeah. And it's like it's like seeing somebody get on ice, you mm-hmm. know. It's yeah. like their feet go everywhere because they yeah. got hooves. Yeah. Hooves don't grasp a lot of uh, stuff on asphalt. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it could cause quite the mess. Mm-hmm. And we've had stories about deer who, who stumble into businesses and, you know. Oh, yeah. Crash through plate glass windows and things like that. And, and this one, uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of like that, but. I like it a lot. A deer caused a mess Monday morning when it crashed through a window into the office of a police chief. <laughs> <laughs> the police chief Lloyd Slater said when uh, when he he was using a vacation day, stopped by the office in the morning, headed towards the building's conference room. When he was huh. told there was a deer in his office, the deer had crashed into the office through a window, then made its way to the conference room. The Georgia Department of Natural Resources responded to remove the wayward animal. <laughs> wow. I wonder if it was in the middle of a PowerPoint presentation when they showed up <laughs> or not, you know. <laughs> Just think of, wait a minute. Yeah. Did they have a barbecue later on that day? <laughs> or is somebody going to slip this in the chili later on to nail you New Year's Day? <laughs> hey, Dave, what do you think of that chili? Mm, really good. Yeah, that was deer meat. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And yeah, hey, Mark, yes. very quickly. Okay, the story a minute ago about the deer in the uh, police chief's office. Right. I, all right. I would like to try uh, deer meat. And it's not that I haven't ever tried it. Mm-hmm. I've never had it when I thought it was cooked the way that it should be or could right. be, you know? And like any, uh, well, it's going to be gamey. Yeah. Because it's not raised, you know. Sure, yeah. But I, I would really like to try it. I just don't think I've ever had a good representation yeah. of it. You want to you give it a fair shot. Yeah. I don't want to be tricked. Right. You know, I don't, I, I don't like being tricked mm-hmm. about anything. But it's like every time, you know, if I know what it is, then I'm going to go in with a different feeling. Like, for example, say you made me some uh, deer meat chili, okay? Right. Yeah. If I know that ahead of time then I know that it, it might have a little gamey taste to it. But if I don't know mm. and I take a bite, I'm going to think the beef was spoiled or was old because or, it's going to have a gamey taste, you know? Or it ha- of, the reason yeah. I'm telling you that, it happened to me like that. Yeah. And I wasn't about to tell somebody who went to all the trouble to cook something. I was going to be rude to them. It was, right. that was yeah. delicious. Thank you for, you know, because that's what you do when you're being polite. Mm-hmm. You don't tell somebody that they just worked really hard and you didn't like it. That's just right. rude. Yeah. And I did that and 
you know, they hit me with, oh, that was deer meat chili. I thought, well, you know what? When I stand up, you're going to look around my bowl and it's like a little kid ate there. All the vegetables <laughs> and all the meat's going to be around that plate, you know? Yeah. I'm kind of like you. I've, I've, well, growing up as a kid with family that's all from the country, right? Right. Yeah. Both sides of my family from Conecuh County, Alabama. And, um, and so as you, as you may imagine, every hunting season, they're out there getting whatever's in season. And right. so I've had, I've had deer, I've had venison a handful of times through the course of my life, even mm-hmm. in Chile, I had somebody show up, some folks that Jane knew came over to visit and they brought chili with them made with the deer meat. And, um, I, I, I still haven't had it a way that I like it, you know? Right. I still haven't found, and even you would think in Chile, especially something that's, that's a crock pot mm-hmm. dish that's going right. to cook for hours and hours. You would think that it would change the taste enough so that, eh, you know, it's chili, right. it's a little different, but it's chilly. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I, it just doesn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, <laughs> and no offense to people who right. like it. I, neither right. one of us have had it in a way that we like it yet. So Right. And yeah. I'm willing to try. Yeah. I just don't want to be surprised with it. Right. I would yeah. really like, because again, you know what? Because we've all done this. You know, when you um you get something on your cooking, you go, wow, that didn't smell quite right. But, right. you know, I know I just bought it the other day. It's, you know, so we can talk ourselves into it because we know the history. But if you actually bite into something that is totally unfamiliar you're thinking somebody's trying to get rid of kind of like getting rid of the stale bread by toasting it you know right yeah it's like anyway so i I would like for somebody to tell me hey dave here's some deer meat chili i would Mm -hmm. like that i you know we both know people who almost on an annual basis will be the guys who come up to mc or host a wild game feast yeah i i i think maybe it would not be a bad idea to go to one of those you know, and just, oh, yeah. and just try some stuff because that's a good idea, you know, because that would give you, because you're that way you're just, yeah. you can say, okay, I'm tasting, I'm getting right. a sampler here. I'm getting a sample plate of mm-hmm. different things and I'm going to give them all a chance, you know, and hopefully at a wild game feast, you would end up mm-hmm. with, the, with the best of the best, right? Yeah. You would. Okay. That's that. a good idea. Yeah. We're going to plan that. There right. we go. Well, I, I really want to try it. I really do. Yeah. And that's the thing. The whole thing is when we, I saw the thing about emu and I thought, well, can you eat emu? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I've had emu. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I have. And the, actually the first couple of bites is pretty good. And after that, you're going, Hey, can you first bring me couple. the steak sauce? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, it's, Hey, can you bring me a doggy bag? You know, because <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> nope. <laughs> an Illinois resident captured a photo of an unusual visitor to their backyard. It was a loose emu. Emu. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not the other red meat. Uh, the emu, <laughs> the emu was caught on camera during the weekend in the backyard of a Vermilion County home, but the animal had fled by the time the County animal control folks got there. The photo shows the emu and the property owner's dog looking at one another through a fence <laughs> as dogs tend to do. The flightless bird is believed to be one of several emus that escaped from their Danville pan in late July been on the loose for a while multiple wow. emus were later recaptured but at least three of them remain unaccounted for wow the owner of the emus said he believes his fence at 40 farms in danville was damaged by some kids those darn kids allowing the, <laughs> allowing the emus and a few cows to escape well emus are kind of like an ostrich right yeah they're smaller yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, big flightless bird that they. I just know when you get a picture of them in their face, they look crazy. Oh, they do. Yeah, they do. 
and they taste kind of crazy. You, they look kind of like my Uncle Herman, you know? <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know we've had crazy stories today about animals and it just it goes like this you know you have these days where boom 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 it's yeah. just crazy animal stories and you know we had wallabies and kangaroos and <laughs> emus and i know wallabies was the other day but right they're yeah. all jumbled together big bears and deers and everything mm -hmm. else so here's the headline pennsylvania man cited for illegally importing a kangaroo. I, 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 I didn't know. know they were legal or illegal. It's not something I really thought of, Mark. Right. I, I, it varies from state to state, right? But yeah. I, I don't know how you get away with it if you're not legally you know, licensed to. I just don't know. Right. But a guy in Littletown, Pennsylvania is expected to pay fines after a state game warden seized a kangaroo last month following a tip. He was trying to sell this six-month-old marsupial on Facebook. 19-year-old Cole Williams, Cole M. Williams, he, plead, he pleaded guilty earlier this month to three summary counts of unlawful importation of wildlife and two summary counts of failing to acquire required permits. A concerned citizen saw the post and contacted the State Game Commission, Gladys Kravitz is on Facebook, <laughs> which, which began looking into the allegation. Williams allegedly denied having the six-month-old kangaroo in his possession when interviewed by game wardens, who later applied for and received a search warrant for Williams' home. They later found the animal hidden in a bedroom closet. Wow. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on a second. <laughs> Yeah. Stupid criminal. The, oh, yeah. The kangaroo wow. was seized and taken to a facility where it will be cared for in Pennsylvania, wow. possessing, importing, and selling exotic wildlife species without the proper permits is illegal. <laughs> in you the know. bedroom closet. <laughs> yeah. a <Atta> boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. People sometimes. And again, now you're going back to. I love animals. I do. I think that you can find a pet for anybody pretty much. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think there's value in it emotionally and, and all that. I do. I, I, I enjoy them, I guess mm -hmm. is the best way to put it. I don't hold it against anybody that wants to have something weird or something that seems weird to me. I, I just don't know. I, yeah, I don't see how you call an animal that can kick you across your backyard right. a pet. You know, it's kind of what I was after. It's like, yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> it's up there with boa constrictors and alligators. Why? I just keep thinking, okay, the kangaroo, he's going to hide in my closet. He's going to see those wallabies and he's go, that's too close for comfort. dude. <laughs> Liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show, and as we, you know, wind down today and get ready to pretend we're working the rest of the day, which, you know, Mark, at some Easy. point in time, you, I know, but it's like, do you think anybody believes we do anything after we get done? I mean, we finish this, and it's like, if there was a Cartoon Network for adults, I guess there is, you know. Anyway, yeah, we leave me, you with For this. me, it's called Motor Trend TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. You do get hooked on some interesting shows, but yeah. it's like I don't want to talk to you about it because it's just going to add to the list of things that I need to do. Uh -huh. And they're the yeah. things that are good. Because when you, I'm going to get up early, I'm going to watch something on there, and it's going to hook me, and I'm going to be thinking, <laughs> how can I apply this to my Bradley GT plan? Right, yeah. All right. <laughs> up to 40 hertz.
Yeah. Some seriously in a bonfire incident. Yeah. Didn't we already have this last week? Well, this is not the same story. Not the same thing. I know. The, the, we That's what I'm saying, a, a though. Bonfi- very, Look, uh-huh. bonfire accident? Dude, Yeah. how about let's just be careful? Mm-hmm. Last time it involved somebody with a police department or a sheriff's department who uh, actually oversaw the bonfires for a local high school. This right. time, investigators, uh, authorities are investigating a bonfire explosion that happened over the weekend in eastern Wisconsin. They said Monday, as many as 40 people might have been injured in the blaze, including some who were seriously hurt. The incident happened early Saturday in the town of Maple Grove. That's about 30 miles south of Green Bay. The Shawano County uh, Sheriff's Office said an accelerant was poured on the bonfire. That caused it to burn out of control. The Sheriff's Office said at least 17 people sought treatment on their own at local hospitals. Exact conditions reports are not available, although some of the injuries range from critical to others who have already been released from the hospital the pulaski community school district told families in a message that some of the people involved included uh, current and former students so huh. apparently somebody uh, decided to goose the fire on with some gasoline huh. or something and uh wow. the, i would say wow. probably the container caught fire and exploded right yeah i did you know it's like there's always somebody that has to go too yeah. far yeah always yeah you know it, it's like that no matter what. I mean, mm-hmm. there's always going to be somebody in the group that thinks, hey, this would be cool. And it's yeah. not. It's like, no, you have to stop. Right. If you uh, hear somebody. And they run it for everybody else. This is why we can't have nice things. You right. Know? And here in the South, we know better. If somebody says, hey, y'all watch this, it's time to go home. <laughs> Break out the video camera. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kill this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on LifeRadio.fm.